Today we're talking about SEO on Amazon, how to improve sales and also how to gain and maintain organic ranking through SEO. And joining us to talk about that is Gabe Ray from Evolved Commerce. And this is a really good conversation, Chris, very actionable, just stuck to the, like exactly what they're doing in terms of testing titles and changing keywords uh, and the structure of how, you know, what keywords they're targeting initially and how they adjust that over the life cycle of the product, um, backend stuff, what to fill out. I, it was a good conversation. A lot of actionable information. Yeah, we learned a lot. Gabe gave us the whole process, told us how he created a listing. Yeah. Start with the title, hit on some bullet points, throw some stuff in description, get on the search terms, and then also some of the fields in the back end. So a lot of good information, not to mention photo saving, like saving your photos with the right names and stuff, kind of help you out with Google. Mm -hmm. uh, he definitely knew his stuff and definitely somebody we need to bring back on. Oh, for sure. And uh, get your notepad out for uh, taking down your to-do list for after this episode. Yeah, <laughs> if you listen to this on 2X, you might want to slow it down. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right, let's jump into our conversation with Gabe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 226 of Two Amazon Sellers in a Microphone, brought to you by Solozo. And today we're going to be talking about consistent keyword ranking and increasing your Amazon sales and a lot of other things. <laughs> That'll be just scratching the surface. Uh, but joining us today to discuss all of this is Gabe Ray from Evolved Commerce. How are you, Gabe? Doing great. Appreciate it. Excited to be here. We are glad to have you here as well. We're excited to dive into, uh, you know, learning your background. We're excited to dive into uh, just the different tactics that you guys are implementing for your clients to grow sales and keep that keyword ranking steady and high. I mean, that's always the game that we're, uh, every, anyone who's selling on Amazon, that's the game that you're trying to play is to make sure that when people search for keywords related to your product, that you're there. Uh, whether it's paid or organic, ideally it's organic. <laughs> That's the, right. the holy grail on Amazon is to have the number one organic spot for any keyword. But there's uh, a lot involved in in getting there and maintaining it. Uh, it's a competitive landscape. So uh, we're excited to talk all about that. But uh, again, we're glad to have you here. And I'd like to open it up by uh, a lot of people listening may not know you, may not know Evolved Commerce. And I'd love to give you the floor for a few minutes just to introduce yourself, talk about your background, and then what you guys are doing for your clients. Perfect. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll give you guys kind of the, the elevator pitch, not to bore anybody too much. But um, Evolve Commerce, we got our start about 10 years ago. Uh, it was actually my partner and uh, another partner of his started the company. And they both came from the SEO world, so they understood kind of keywords, like you said, but more in terms of ranking websites. Uh, they took those strategies and a lot of the, the tactics they had learned and basically started their own brand and became, you know, individual third-party sellers uh, and started doing that where learned some, learned some things, uh, had some bumps and bruises as far as picking bad products, having bad purchases, whatever it might be. Uh, but through that, they kind of developed a strategy and, and then brought myself and another one of my partners on to where now we've kind of developed a strategy that we can implement to just about any product. And, and we joke because we've sold everything from like nursing bras to, to cars on Amazon. Um, and so 
you can jump in and, and apply a lot of these same strategies and tactics that are, like you said, targeted towards getting the right keywords in front of the right audience. And by doing that, we can grow sales, we can grow traffic, you know, we can get more reviews. There's, there's so many things that come from just having a good, solid keyword strategy. And so over those years, we, you know, we, we pivoted away from building our own brands to consulting and doing a lot more help for those looking and needing, you know, guidance on how to kind of manage and navigate the Amazon jungle. Uh, and so we, we've been doing that almost exclusively really for the last seven years. Um, and now kind of even pivoted again into doing both distribution as well as management. And so you have, you know, in today's Amazon world, you have a lot of these aggregators, you have these accelerators, and, and we're trying to kind of fit somewhere in between where we can help you both accelerate your business. But at the same time, if, you know, if you're just good at manufacturing and producing product and you don't want to deal with a lot of the day to day, we'll implement the same strategy and growth tactics, but we'll actually pay you for it instead of you paying us to manage it. So it's, it's kind of a, a perfect fit for everybody. <laughs> it is. And yeah, it's, it's been fascinating to watch this space evolve. Um, you know, personally, I've, I've been at Chris, you know, about a decade now. Um, and it's changed a lot. Uh, and just the different types of services that are out there, there were no aggregators, there were no accelerators. Um, you know, we talk about, I talk about this, Chris, all the time, you know, when we started our individual businesses, selling it someday wasn't even a thought. It was like, right. this is, this is just a business. I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to uh, launch good products and fulfill a need in the marketplace and get paid for it. And, but, but now you, there's, you know, you can launch a brand, launch a product, scale it, sell it, do it again, scale right. it, sell it over and over again. And you see people doing that with great success. Um, same thing with, uh, aggregators now we're seeing some some shifting in there like there's aggregators who maybe grew too fast maybe didn't have operations fully in place uh, yeah. uh, that are trying to button that up but it's just constantly changing uh in this space but but before you got into uh involved with evolved uh were you in the e-commerce world uh what was your yeah. what was your personal journey leading up to it yeah so my background kind of I got my start also kind of in the SEO world, doing a lot of partner management and and building up kind of operations for an SEO company based here in Utah. Uh, and so I did a lot of that and, and kind of understood account management, how to, how to create processes and, and get things to work on, on a larger scale. Uh, and so that was part of my reason coming over here to Evolve was not only bringing some of my SEO knowledge, but understanding how to develop partnerships how to grow through kind of expanding into, you know, teaming with softwares and teaming with these aggregators and other people that were out there to say, look, we, we provide a service that's going to be helpful. Like, like you mentioned, there's a lot of these aggregators and other people out there that they've got money, but they don't necessarily know how to grow an Amazon business. They just know it's a profitable business. And so they, you know, we were able to build relationships that way. And so, yeah, my background has always been in both e-commerce as well as kind of the SEO and website world. Um, you know, even back in my college days, I, I launched brands online, sold things through eBay, kind of the old school, uh, you know, buying and reselling, kind of flipping products. Uh, so it's always been kind of a passion of mine. So this was kind of a perfect fit of taking kind of my marketing and my my partner management experience into growing and building brands. And that's what we love is like, we get to deal with entrepreneurs every day and you get to hear cool stories, you get to see cool products. Uh, some products you're like, I don't know how you ever thought of that and why you would think that works, but they do. Um, and so it's kind of cool just to 
and implement these strategies on whatever comes across our desk. SEO, it gets thrown around a lot in the Amazon space. It's kind of a flashy term. Uh, not a lot of sellers really even know what it is or really what they're doing. They've taken a course on how to create a listing or they watched a couple of videos on how to create a listing and they just kind of rinse and repeat that throughout the life cycle of, of all the products they're doing. What what exactly is SEO on Amazon? Like what what are you looking at? What are you doing to be like a really good optimized listing, a listing and how important is that uh, with the SEO rank? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, and that's from our backgrounds. When, we, like I said, we were dealing with websites. We were dealing with kind of the Google right side of of SEO. And to to break it all down, right at the end of the day, search engine optimization or SEO is all about picking the right keywords or phrases that people are looking for. And so when when we're doing that, you know, like in the in the website world and in Google and those search engines, um, it's all about wanting to be relevant, right? They're, they're relevancy engines. They're all about picking keywords that are relevant to the end user or the consumer or whoever's going to kind of digest the information that's there. And so whether it's a website that has, you know, just information, right? Whether it's Wikipedia or some other page that you're going just to learn about or to study some product or, you know, you're going on vacation and you want to learn about the location that you're going to, there's going to be a bunch of information on that page. And and you know, I could I could dive into all the spiders and the bots and everything else that's out there, but at the end of the day, it's it's all about having as much information on the page that's relevant to the end user. And so, whether it's a website or a product on Amazon, what we're trying to do is within the confines of whatever that search engine, whether it's Amazon or a browser, we're trying to understand what can we you know essentially get away with, how much information can we put on that page that's both relevant to the end user, but also appeals to kind of the robots and, and the back end, you know, automation that's happening because something, whether it's a, an AI or some sort of software is reading all that information as fast as we can type it in or click. And then it's prioritizing, okay, based on click through rates and based on conversion rates and all this other stuff, it's saying this keyword is most relevant to this consumer. So we're going to give them these options. Because as we know, Amazon loves to make money, right? So when it comes to Amazon and SEO, the end goal is to get in front of that person that's most likely going to add that product to their cart and check out as fast as possible. Amazon doesn't want to give you, you know, thousands of options to scroll through and look at. They want those top three to five options to be the most relevant to that keyword or that phrase you've typed in they don't want you spending a lot of time right i think i think the average person spends like a minute and a half on amazon so they're there to, to click on something find what they want add it to their cart and get out of there right we're busy we got stuff going we expect that package to be on our you know our doorstep within an hour nowadays and so when it comes to keywords we're trying to pick the most relevant keywords that are that are perfect for that person and and when i say that it doesn't necessarily need to be the highest volume keyword. It doesn't have to be the highest search keyword, right? It just needs to be the most relevant and most likely to convert. And so when we look at SEO strategies, we're really trying to figure out where is that product or that brand at in its life cycle. And then based on that, that changes the type of keywords that we target and it changes the type of keywords that we want to go after. And so like to your point, Chris, about a lot of people will, will watch something on YouTube or they go to some course or seminar and they learn basic SEO strategy and they they pick their favorite, you know, 15, 20, 30 keywords and they put it on their listing. 
and then they don't change anything for like six months or a year. And then they come to us and they say, well, why aren't we ranking for all these keywords? Like we did everything they told us. And it's like, well, because you picked the most searched keyword possible on Amazon. You have no reviews. You have no you know, sales history. You don't have the foundation to build off of to say you deserve to rank for that. Because if I'm Amazon, I'm not going to take some brand new product and give it the prime real estate at the top of the page if it doesn't have the consumer confidence yet, if it doesn't have the, rev or the reviews and sales to back it up. And so you've got to pick the right keywords at the right time and then be consistent with adding new keywords and moving keywords around in order to really see growth over time. Let's break that down uh, on the listing side. So let's say we've done our keyword research. We've got a list of keywords that we want to target. We've used tools and brand analytics or whatnot. We've got all these keywords that I want to do. Uh, where, where do you, where do you focus at? Like, are you, I'm sure the title is obviously one of them, but where do you start? Right. I've got a list of keywords uh where, where am i going with when, when i create the listing where, where's the first thing that you're you're doing yeah so the way we like to do it like you said because you can go pull a list of keywords and you could have hundreds of keywords that you're interested in right and that you want to rank for i mean a, an ideal product should be ranking for thousands of keywords at some point but if, if i'm launching a brand new product if i'm new to amazon and i've got my list let's say it's 100 keywords um I want to break those up into different tiers. What I, I call like my top tier, my mid tier, and then kind of my low tier keywords. And that can be based off of search volume. It could be based off of, uh, you know, number of competitors that are targeting that keyword. There's all those different analytics that are out there, you know, depending on what tool you use. Um, but I want to break that up into, okay, you know, good, better, best kind of thing that like, yes, I obviously want to rank for those top keywords as soon as possible, but it's probably not realistic with a brand new product. So, I'll take those kind of tier three or those lower end keywords that are long tailed keywords, meaning, you know, they're, they're a lot more specific. It's not just like, you know, I'm not just saying like running shoe, but I'm saying, you know, black size nine running shoe. Um, now it's so specific that it's very relevant to whoever types that in. Sure. The search volume is really low, but if somebody types in, you know, a color and a size or a, whatever variation you have in your product, they're most likely going to add that product to their cart and check out. And so, my search volume is low, but my conversion rate will be really high. And that's going to look great to Amazon. So I'm going to say, take those kind of tier three keywords and then break them down into your listing. Like you said, number one priority is making sure you get your top two and at most three keywords into your title. Um, putting that into your title, that holds the most weight. Amazon's algorithm and their bots that are looking at it at everything that's the first thing everybody sees and so you want to make sure your your most important keywords are going to be up in your title from there we move down into the bullet points or the product features and we start adding kind of you know an additional two to three keywords in each one of those product features and trying our best not to duplicate or replicate any keywords that we put into the title or into the bullet points above and so as we break down through that then obviously move into your your product description and whether you have A-plus content or you've just written out product description, you want to make sure you get those keywords in there, both on the front end, if it's A-plus content, as well as on the back end, uh, meaning like into your product details and, and everything else. And then last but not least is the search terms. So as you go into editing your, your individual products, you have your little bar that you can start adding search terms into. Put as many of those terms in there, staying within the parameters and the limitations that Amazon set in order to make sure you get as many keywords into there. And so for us, we start with those tier three and we kind of build that foundation. 
because they're keywords we know we can convert on. And as we get more conversions with those keywords, we can start to inch our way up and start adding those tier two or those tier one type keywords. Uh, and that allows us to kind of grow over time. But for some brands, that could be a matter of weeks. It could be a matter of months and others. It can take years to get to that point. When, when you, so you set this up, you're using your tier three keywords at what point and how are you editing the listing to, to move into the other ones? Are you, so like if you've got a tier three keyword that's in your title and you're now ranking whatever top five organically for that right. keyword uh, in your, are you now taking that out of the title and replacing it with a tier two keyword or are you leaving it in there and adding it? What are the adjustments that you're making to try to now grow this organic rank across different keywords? So depending on the, the type of keyword that it is, if it is a true like long tailed keyword, then we may break it down a little bit, right? If I, if you know, like in my example, if I say like black running shoe size nine, I may take out something like the size or I may take out the color and I start to shrink that long tail keyword down to where, you know, you're getting you're getting some benefit for something like running shoe in that long tail keyword. But as I shrink it down and make it even more specific or, or take some of the specifics out of it, it allows me to target those those higher ranking or sorry, those higher searched keywords. And so that's kind of the process is starting to shrink those down and start targeting those other keywords. Cause like to your point, it, we're tracking the rankings on a daily basis. We want to know not necessarily exactly what number we're at, but where are we trending? Are we trending closer to the first page? Are we trending closer to the top five results where we're going to get the most clicks? And as we, as we get into those positions and we notice that we've kind of cemented ourselves there as a top keyword, then we can start to kind of either back off on like running ads towards that keyword and trying to supplement traffic through ads. And we can just focus solely on the organic or we can move it from the title down into the bullet points, right? Um, for us, we're, we're constantly analyzing and evaluating not only our position for that keyword and how much traffic we're getting, uh, but what our conversion rate looks like. What's our click-through rate on that keyword? Because at an individual keyword, an ASIN level, we can understand how valuable that keyword really is to us. And if we're getting a lot of traffic and it's converting really well, we don't necessarily want to pull that out of the title completely. And so we'll, we'll just take little bits and pieces out of it or shift it over, you know, from more of a paid strategy into a, a full organic strategy and just let it kind of ride because now that we own that space and Amazon trusts us for that keyword, we notice we'll continue to get traffic regardless of whether it's in our title or even down in our description. These are all on page uh tactics is there anything in the back of the listing you mentioned the search term field that's probably the most pe people are most familiar with as far as putting terms in there but are there any other spots in the back of a listing that you're putting more terms in and more keywords in just to make sure that you're getting ranking for so depending on the type of product and the category that you're in that can vary uh, there's things like your target audience or other uses or intended uses where you can plug in some of those keywords um, or at least that type of like phrase or activity that you, you might be targeting. And so th those are going to be spots where you can go after that. The other thing that we're noticing, um, which is not necessarily just with Amazon, but like with Walmart and some of these other marketplaces that are popping up is just like the completeness of your listing. So there's so many other fields that you can go in and fill out that if we're filling out little details like weights and dimensions and, um, 
you know, with some like electronics, there's, I don't know, like a thousand different uh, little things that you can fill out, like compliance issues and, uh, you know, registrations and certifications, whatever else. There's so many things you can go fill in that the more information you provide, it just gives more for these bots to kind of look at. And it may not necessarily be a keyword, but it gives it gives more legitimacy to your brand and to your listing. And so taking the time to actually fill all that out, which can be a headache at times, um, it gives more to Amazon. It gives them more information. And all that information is going to be power for them to help rank you for whatever it might be. Um, but even now, the little things like target audiences can be huge because there are a small percentage of people that are going to filter, right? That on that left-hand side of, of Amazon, they may filter by you know, specific by gender or by intended use or by certain categories or subcategories. And so the more we can get dialed in with all the information on the back end, uh, it's stuff that most people don't see. But if we can dial that in, it's going to be huge for our success long term and being able to target and get to the right audience. So on maybe I'm doing something wrong here. So on the like the intended use. Yeah, they have a drop down, but you can also throw in like phrases and like you can yeah you can your own custom stuff is that is that the bad way to do it because am i confusing amazon by putting my own term in there i lost him oh i think we froze up a little bit that would have been a good answer you know, <laughs> you know what i'm talking about dustin you know what i'm talking oh, about yeah. that back in it, it, we'll we'll keep talking until gabe comes back on here uh if you're just listening he looks like his uh wi-fi might have froze up on him but yeah to your point chris i that exact thought came to my mind when you mentioned that um, because, you know, this is something that I, I keep getting reminded of and then I forget and then I remind. Right. Because I don't, when I shop, I don't, I don't filter on the side ever, right. but I know a lot of people do. And so when you're in different categories, you know, the only filter I ever really use is like prime or not prime. Uh, you know, take that, uh, banner yeah, off well. Chris until he comes back but i i never really look at uh you know those filters but those filters are pulling from all those back-end fields so you know if you're looking for a certain weight or a certain size or a certain amount or material or brand name there's a, a bunch of ways you can filter i know a lot of people shop like that and i'll bet if it's not in that drop down menu it's probably not really a category Right. So that's what I'm like, because I'm thinking when I make the listing, like, oh, this is an advantage. I can have essentially, instead of four or five bullet points, I can now have eight bullet points because these things show up above the bullets. So I Correct. can add more detail in there. But if it's going to hurt, like if it hurts the algorithm or if it confuses the buyer, I, I maybe shoot myself in the foot. Well, I, I, do, I really don't know I mean, yet. One thing is if somebody does filter, um, on Amazon search and you're not in that, you don't have that, like that category or whatever that filter is set in your backend, your listing disappears. Hmm. Like you get filtered out because you haven't denoted that that is a feature or a size or a material, uh, that you have. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear what it looks like Gabe's trying to come back on. Uh, so yeah, I'm curious myself cause I could be doing more bad than, than good here. So Gabe, we were just kind of recapping like, so we're putting, we're putting the, uh, like the target audience 
I'm adding those in there as like custom fields because I'm in my mind they're like extra bullet points above the bullet points. And I'm not sure if that's hurting my listing or not. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Our we have somebody moving in next door and the power just like glitched on us, but I'm back. Uh <laughs> uh yeah, so with like the target audience, there's so depending on your category, there's actually specific uh types of like lines you can put in there so different terms so whether it's it's not necessarily just like gender specific or you know for like outdoors or something like that but there's actual unique uh, fields that you can fill in there uh depending on that category and, and so we like to go look at that that's where sometimes you have to download the actual like file uh, instead of just looking at the drop down but if you if you download those different files those source files for those different categories It'll sometimes give you a list that has anywhere from like 20 to 30 options of different different things and finding the most relevant to your your audience and your product is where you're going to really see the, you know, the most the most bang for your buck as far as filling those fields in. So putting a custom messaging in there that I that like I'm, a, I'm trying to make it look like it's another bullet point above the bullets. Does, is that would that hurt? Would that hurt my listing? Would that confuse Amazon? Because I don't have a field that they've had selected. I'm putting in something totally different. So it's not actually going to confuse them. And what we always try to think is that balance between the bots versus the consumer, right? You have actual human beings who are going to look at that and read it. And so that's valuable real estate. Like I said, it's right above your bullet points or depending on your category or type of product. You're going to find that somewhere in the listing. Uh, and you want them to read that and you want it to be, like you said, it's kind of an extra bullet point. It gives you additional information to provide to the, to the customer. Um, if it's something that's not actually on the drop down list that Amazon provides, it, you know, the boss are still going to go look at it. They're still going to it's smart enough that it's going to understand what you put there. And so you're going to get some additional value out of that regardless. Um, but for us, with those types of things, we're always looking at the end user and understanding how is this going to benefit the customers and providing information because everything that's like above the fold, right? Everything that's in that title, the imagery and, and those first few bullet points, that's what the customer is going to look at and read. Uh, and so we want to make sure that that information is the most valuable to the consumer. And then anything in the back end, anything that's maybe not visual on the page is where we can be a little more robotic with our approach because they're not going to, no one's going to read it other than, an actual like spider bot or, or whatever they're using to crawl the pages. Though so we were just chatting while, while you were uh, getting your power back on. Because <laughs> uh, this is something that uh, I was telling Chris, I mean, it's like I get reminded of this and then, you know, six months goes on and I forget and I stop implementing it. Um, but I, I don't, when I shop, I don't use the filters on the left. I, I don't do, I mean, I just, for whatever reason, I don't. Other than like maybe checking on like, is it prime or not prime? Um, something like that, but I'm just, I'm looking right now at, I just pulled up a list, uh, a search. I don't know why, but, uh, I was, I guess I was looking for espresso cups on here, but the, um, you know, a lot of the filters show on here, it's like, you can filter to like, is it commercial grade or not commercial grade? Um, if, if you don't have that denoted in the back end of your listing, I I'm assuming you just disappear from the search results when they check that. And that would be bad so the more things you can have filled out the better right 
Yeah, I think I think more than just I think like to your question earlier, Chris, too, about like SEO, right? I, I think a lot of people think of it as just keywords. When in, what we're trying to do is optimize the listing and the experience for the engine, right? The engine is Amazon, the A10 algorithm, right? We're trying to optimize the experience of the page and all the information that we provide helps us optimize our opportunity to get in front of people. So like you said, Dustin, it's commercial grade or, you know, whatever other small little feature or, or benefit or whatever else we put in there, it's just going to give us more opportunities. Again, to your point, it's a very small percentage of people that probably really filter down that much, but we might as well take the time to do it because if somebody's going to filter that much and they find our product, you know, now we're one, instead of being one of, 10,000 espressos, we're one of 10. And our likelihood of getting a conversion on that is so much higher. And so we might as well target and really go after that small percentage of people. Because at the end of the day, everything we're doing is still going to benefit us on a large scale. But if I can, if I can optimize for a targeted audience, then I, I know I'm going to get good conversions there. And that's just going to give me more momentum. And, you know, we, we always joke, we kind of have a phrase around here that like revenue drives rankings and rankings drive revenue. If we can drive revenue, we're going to get better rankings. And the more rankings we get, it's going to drive more revenue. So it becomes this cycle of just driving rankings and revenue. Um, so if I have to be really specific and targeted to get some rankings and start getting some revenue, that's only going to benefit me everywhere else. Yeah. How often are you updating the listing? How, how often are you like going in and maybe changing the title or bullet points? When does that, when does that like happen? Like when, when's the signal? So for us, it, it again, it varies based on the life cycle of, of where you're at with the product. If, if you're a newer product, you've got to give it enough time to kind of mature and, and grow in those rankings. And so out the gate, like we may set keywords and it might be six to eight weeks before we really jump in and start to move things. But kind of the, the cues are like the, the key indicators that we're always looking at are number one, what's our trending ranking? Are we are we trending for the first page? Are we trending onto the, the top 10? Uh, or even the top five results. If we're there and we have a good click-through rate and we're getting conversions on that keyword, then that's where we start to feel comfortable about you know, starting to make a transition away from that and being so aggressive towards that keyword. We can start to move it back and, and peel back a little bit. But then we're watching, we still watch it, right? Because if I move it from the title to the bullet points and all of a sudden I see my, my page sessions or page views and my impressions going down, then I realize that, okay, I need to move that back. And so there's a lot of A-B testing that'll happen kind of in that process before we, you know, quote unquote, abandon a keyword or move it too far down. Um, but those are the big things. Are, are are we seeing impressions slow down if we move a keyword? And are we seeing kind of our conversions or our overall revenue starting to, to you know, be negatively affected? How quick does it update? Uh, how quick will Amazon recognize you and index you when you make a change to the listing? You know, they always say, give us 15 minutes and the listing will be updated. Right. But how quick how quick does that actually update before you start to like analyze, did this work or did this not work? So we use, for most of those, we were waiting anywhere from like three to five days before we can really, and, and it depends on the amount of traffic that the listing's getting and that keyword's getting. We need to have significant enough data to tell us like, yeah, that was either a great move or, hey, we made a mistake. We need to shift back. Um, most for most keywords we will know at least have a good trend by three to five days i think a lot of the data kind of lagged by about 24 hours so even though it may they may index it 15 minutes later 
before we really understand the real threat or you know the benefit or or threat to that particular keyword it, it's usually within you know that initial 24 hours but then three to five days is what we try to look at um because amazon will move you around all day right that's why we say like we're not always necessarily looking at the exact number where we rank because every 15 minutes you could be in a different position and so we're just trying to see that trend are we are we trending in the right direction and if we are and we can sustain that for you know three to five days then we're happy with that Let's when, say I sell. Sorry, Dustin. I was gonna, no, go ahead. You got lots of questions. It's good. Yeah. Let's say I sell a dog brush, and I save my images to my computer, and I save them as a file. Um, you know, this might be an opportunity where this could help out with some SEO and some ranking. Would when I save those files, uh, like dog brush for large dogs, dog brush for small dogs, and I'm saving the I'm saving the term that uh -huh. I'm targeting. For my listing, I'm saving those as the, the file name for my images. Is Amazon reading that file name or is that more of a like, I'm assuming Google reads that. Like, is that helping me at all get traffic to the listing? Yeah. So like, like in the website, Google world, they refer to those like image tags, right? Or alt tags. Um, yes, there, there's been, I, I've read some studies recently that a lot of people are just talking about that. And we actually were just at a conference. A couple of our guys went to a conference down in Florida where they talked a lot about having quality content and your imagery and, and even the way, like you said, the naming conventions of your, your images and your A-plus content or whatever. Um, all of that is stored in the back end of Amazon, right? Whether I upload it through a flat file or whether I just manually upload it you know, through my product details, it's stored somewhere and their bots are going to look at it. And so again, it just goes to the more detail I provide and the more detail I am with that. So instead of it saying like, you know, JPEG 504, if it says dog brush or small dog brush, that's going to give me a benefit somewhere. It may be minute, right? It might be very small, but it's just that little edge that I can have over the competition. And then, you know, as Amazon becomes more and more crowded and difficult, especially with launching some brands and products, Whatever I can do to have a leg up on the competition, I'm going to take advantage of. But that I love this stuff, yeah, I know, me too. Little <laughs> hacks make big difference. But that naming convention for the image file that Chris is talking about, Google is picking that up, right? So if right. I do, if I search dog brush for little dogs or whatever is the file name, and in if I and I go to the images tab, there's a much better chance of that image being there, which directly links back to the Amazon listing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of that, that cross marketplace optimization where, you know, we all know Amazon's running ads and they're doing things on Google. Right. And so if, if I'm optimizing my listing and I'm writing titles or I'm naming images, I want to make sure that that's all not only just targeted towards Amazon, but that that optimization is going to affect other places. And it's the same with like your website, or if you're trying to drive funnel traffic from your website or social back to Amazon, you want to make sure that all of that is optimized, you know, for capturing people's attention. And again, it's, it's the bots versus kind of the human, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. Terminator, I guess, where <laughs> trying, to, trying to keep the robots happy and give them what they want to read and make them, you know, check all the right boxes, but then still visually and then the way it reads and the way it flows on their page has to be good enough to where now as consumers, we're all getting smarter and we realize like, okay, they're just trying to hack their way into rankings versus, Hey, that actually sounds right. It looks like what I want, and I trust this product or I trust this brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just thinking off the topic here. Uh, 
what about Amazon Post? Do those have any type of like SEO juice or any type of ranking that help with your product getting discovered on like another competitor's page? So if you make a really good post and you make the title really optimized, is that going to have any type of benefit? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm confused. Yeah, I, from like a so like a a pure SEO standpoint, I think it, it's kind of like an ancillary benefit, meaning. If I'm creating good posts, which posts are huge, especially if you have a great social media following, you can take advantage of, you know, leveraging that to drive essentially Instagram on Amazon, right? Uh, get as many of those posts up and drive traffic through those posts. Uh, because it's only with posts, it's going to go to a very relevant audience. It's going to target those people that are there looking for similar products to what you're offering uh, or those who have followed your brand, those who are, you know, brand loyalists. Um, and so creating those posts, it's going to get traffic to your page. It's going to get, it's going to show Amazon that you're getting views. And as I get views, that's going to help me. And then if I'm getting a bunch of views for a product that I just launched, you know, if I'm announcing some new product through a post and there's a, a one of my top competitors who I happen to be targeting with a bunch of keywords, you know, Amazon might all of a sudden start to throw my product under that listing as like, uh, you know, shoppers also viewed this or shoppers also added this to cart. Right. So if I can, whatever I can do, again, kind of those small hacks of the more content, the more real estate I take up on Amazon, it's only going to help me, you know, I guess, spread my wings and get out further and, and spread kind of my net of who I'm going to capture. In um, in the website SEO world, would not my specialty. I I know, I guess, enough to be dangerous or talk about it or screw it up. Uh, but in the website SEO world, uh, backlinks. You know, that's something that Google's taking into consideration. You know, how many high authority websites are, you know, linking to yours or to a certain page or anything that that helps you uh, move up the rankings for the for your in, inside search. Uh, right. is, it, is anything similar in Amazon's algorithm? I mean, if you've got a whole bunch of websites that are linking to that product page, does it assume that more people are talking about your product and interested in it than others? And does that have an impact on your ranking? Definitely. Yeah, we, we refer to it like outside sources of traffic, right? Amazon's very protective of all that data and, and they're starting to release more of like, where are people coming from when they click on your listings or how did they find you? Um, but yeah, if I can drive, you know, if somebody goes to Google, like your point earlier about like the dog brush images, if somebody goes to Google and types in like little dog brush or brush for little dogs and they see my image where all of a sudden they see my, you know, my, my Amazon ASIN is being, is being advertised there and they click on it. That's huge. Right. Or even better, you know, and somebody types that in and instead of going to Walmart, they go to Amazon. Amazon loves that. And so the, the outside source of traffic almost hold, hold more weight than if somebody is already in the Amazon kind of ecosystem and they're just searching and trying to find me. So we we try to push that as much as we can. We, we leverage, again, like with our clients, we leverage their social media presence. We leverage newsletter lists, whatever they have. We want to try and drive as much traffic back to Amazon. Uh, and, and some people combat that with obviously on their own website, they're they're typically more profitable, right? You know, you're not paying Amazon's, you know, whether it's an FBA fee or the referral fee or any other fees that are out there. Uh, but it's kind of a long-term approach and strategy for marketing. If, if I can drive a bunch of that outside traffic, get a bunch of really relevant, high quality clicks, meaning high quality, meaning they're going to come and they're actually going to purchase something where they're going to spend a lot of time on my page. They're going to look at my content. They may even leave me a review, uh, whatever it is. 
that's all really good quality clicks that are going to increase my overall value as a listing. And so any outside sources are huge. Now you can't necessarily do like backlinks like you do in the SEO world for websites, but there's a lot of kind of linking back to the page that's going to benefit you in the long run. I want to get my, my mind is spinning with all kinds of questions here. Uh, and I want to go back to talking about, you were talking about changing the titles and bullets and stuff to, to help, you know, rank for certain keywords. When you do that, do you just change it or do you utilize the manage experiments uh, inside Amazon? I mean, are you running experiments where you're AB testing titles uh, or do you just change it for what you're looking at? And I got a follow-up question to that because it just popped in my head. If you're running an experiment with two different titles, do that? does Amazon count that as indexing all those keywords uh, that are in both titles? So could that be a way to actually get indexed for more words by right just keep running experiments, keep running yeah. experiments? Like <laughs> I, it just popped in my head. Yeah, it might work. Yeah. yeah. So to answer the first question, yeah, in, in the old days we just kind of A/B tested and we'd like change it for a week and then we change it back and we were we were comparing data with the new like manage experiments and and now where they've kind of automated this A/B testing, we can do a lot more that way, which is great. Um, and so, yeah, we'll we'll make those minor changes and those small tweaks and then monitor it for a week or two and see what kind of changes we see in traffic and, and conversion patterns and everything else. Um, the second question, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I would have to go look at that. I know that we've, as we've done that, we've obviously seen increases in keywords, that, like the volume of keywords that we're ranking for. I don't know if that's necessarily due to the fact that we're doing the kind of the experiments and the AB testing, or if it's just because we've changed keywords or changed the way it reads and, and the way it's all organized. Um, that's a great one. That's, I'd have to go, I'm going to go test it and see. Uh, I'm, I'm super curious now. Yeah. If that really is that you could get a whole lot more characters than what you're allowed. Yeah, you're essentially doubling your listing opportunities, right? You can double the number of keywords that you target. Um, yeah. So yeah, that would be really interesting to experiment with. All right, maybe someone who's listening right now knows the answer. Yeah, I'm sure someone. someone if you know, if you know, let us know because that's a that's a potential hack right there to be able to that's do that. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna It'd be really good to try to like on a like a piss poor listing, like something that yeah. maybe just got live I mean, and just try it on something like with a short title with like you know, a few keywords in, and try a completely different title. Yeah, and, and see. see if they see if they work that way. Yeah, there's so many things here. I mean, I've got a to do list now. I'm definitely going back and making sure I've got every possible field filled out in the back oh. end. I know. I mean, anyone who's made a listing, maybe there might be people listening who haven't. But I mean, depending on your category, when you pull that, when you start doing the listing, you go into all the different uh, sections that you can fill out. You can scroll down for a long time and there yeah. are field after field after field after field. And some of them, you don't even, I mean, I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that or if it's relevant or not. Well, that's why I put my search term in there. I'm like, get yeah. dog brush for little dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah, at the end of the day, like that's not going to hurt, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, just throw it, throw it in. Obviously it's asking for like a certification or something and you put dog brush it. It's, it may not help, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's what yeah. Depending on your your category, the other details section, for example, can be massive. 
um, or like product specific details can be crazy long. And so, yeah, filling in as much as possible is going to be huge. And that that's what we like. Consistency just means, you know, doing that across all your listings. Some people will do it on one or two. But again, as a brand, if I'm trying to really build a brand and to, to our point earlier, like people now can build brands and flip those brands and sell those. If I want to build like a big brand, I've got to be consistent across all my products, not just like my top seller. And I just hone in on that one. But the more I fill out, the better, because uh, it just looks it looks it's more appealing to the algorithm. It looks better to Amazon. Uh, and then to these aggregators or these, you know, these potential people coming out, these brokers that want to come buy your business. Uh, if they can see that everything's complete, like we get approached by people all the time. And that's our first thing is like, well, let's go audit everything. Cause am I going to have to spend the next three months filling all this information out and figuring out like how to make this better? And you just got lucky cause you picked a good product or does this have like a really good foundation that we can then leverage and, and grow it even more? Are you using bulk file or are you using uh, the central seller central uh, platform when you make listings? We do both, um, depending on the, the number of products or if it's variations, uh, mostly with variations and like large, you know, a large catalog, we'll, we'll do the files. Uh, if it's just a handful of products, we'll, we'll do it on the back end. Um, the thing I like about the files, like to your point earlier, it usually gives you a drop down. It's giving you more information and it gives you more options to fill out. Uh, and then like Dustin was saying, when we get into some of those other details where it's like, I don't really know what the answer to that is, but if you give me four or five, you know, it's like multiple choice in school, I, I can usually guess and get close enough. Uh, or I can go look it up and say, okay, yeah, that's relevant. This is what I want You know, this is what it actually is. Uh, and so, especially for us as consultants where we don't necessarily know the brand or we don't know right. the product a hundred percent, I can, I can take that information or I can just send the list back to the client and say, you know, which of these four actually applies to your product? And say, oh yeah, it's that. It's like great, and we select it and move on. There's a there's a lot of work. I mean, I I know people are listing right now. I'm one of them. But with all the stuff, I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of stuff I got to do. And they're thinking, okay, this is all the stuff that I want to do. I want to make sure I'm doing it right across the board, but I don't have the time. I'm working on growing my brand in other ways. I'm trying to launch new products, find new products. Uh, and they need this help. And that's where they have to start working with people that that do this, like you guys. So I know there's people listening that are very interested. They're intrigued by all the things you're saying, and um, they want to learn more. How, yeah. what, is it, what does it look like? What, what's your ideal client? Uh, how do they contact you to, to get started? And what does that process look like? Yeah, I mean... You can see their kind of generic email there, info at evolvedcommerce.com. You can reach out to us. Uh, go to our website. There's a form you can fill out where it'll ask you a couple of questions like, you know, how long you've been selling on Amazon and kind of what your goals are. Uh, if you fill that form out, a member of our team will reach out. And what we, like I said, what we like to do initially is just kind of an audit. We'll, we'll jump in. We'll look at your listing. We'll tell you, here's, here's what looks good. Here's what you're doing right. Here's some opportunities to kind of grow. Um, and then, you know, if, if you're willing, we can jump into the back end of the listing as well and say like, yeah, here again, here's opportunities to grow it. And then if like, to your point, if, if it's something where you just don't have the time or you don't want to focus your energy there and you want to just hand it off to, to experts like us, you know, we offer month to month management uh, where we'll jump in and we'll help you for as long as you want us to help. We don't, we don't do any sort of long-term contracts or anything um, because we want to show that we're actually growing. We want you to see the light at the end of the tunnel. We want you to see the progress. And as long as you're seeing that, clients stay with us and they're happy. Um, and yeah, I mean, we 
we manage about 175 different brands right now. Um, as well as, like I talked about earlier, we, we do kind of a distribution model. So if it's something where, you know, you want to just focus on growing the brand and not really worry about the day-to-day -day of Amazon. Um, you know, if you're a brand that's selling $20,000 plus a month on Amazon, reach out to us and, and we'd be happy to just to, to kind of explore some opportunities to either buy your product from you and essentially pay you to run our strategies on your brand and watch it grow. Uh-oh. Did Gabe lose his internet again? No, I, he's there. Uh, you're good. You're back. I just you, froze. I got, I got real quiet. For a second. Yeah, <laughs> he froze. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I encourage everyone, go check uh, Gabe out at evolvedcommerce.com if you're interested. Like you said, fill out the form and get that conversation started. But Gabe, we're going to have to get you back on. That's great information. We just talked about one tiny aspect of all the, that in, it is entailed in managing an Amazon account. Uh, just just focus on SEO today. But we'd love to get you back on uh, down the road and talk about yeah. uh, other things, PPC, any, you know, images. There's a lot. We could go on and on and on. Reviews, how to generate reviews now in this uh, crazy wow. world we live in. Uh, so there's a lot, but we appreciate your time today. Uh, everyone go to evolvedcommerce.com, check them out, and we'll get you back on again soon. Perfect. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I love it. And yeah, it's always fun to, to talk shop with others. Love, we love it too. So we appreciate it. And we appreciate everyone for tuning in today. Uh, if you like uh, content like this and you'd like to see more of it, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Uh, you can also see the live streams on Solozo's social media channels. Uh, so make sure you go to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, find Solozo and uh, subscribe to those as well. Additionally, uh, if you are selling on Amazon right now and advertising is a pain point for you, we'd love to talk to you about how Solozo can help you fully automate and optimize your advertising. You can go to solozo.com right now and schedule a demo. You get to talk with either Chris and myself, and we'll show you the power of Solozo's platform. So head over to solozo.com and schedule a demo. All right, that's it for today. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and thanks, Gabe, for joining us. We will see you next time.